This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Welcome once again on this week's show. Nick wants Michael Buffer's job. Maybe maybe Eddie or Francis Warren should make me an offer, you know? Get in. Get him in there. He can do the uh, master of all ceremonies <laughs> a vibe at your next fight. We talk about why some fight fans don't regard Manny Pacquiao as one of the pound-for-pound pound best of all time. All because of that fight with Floyd Mayweather. Every fighter has, has that opponent. Everyone, every fighter out there has an opponent that they just can't get past, you know? And finally, we talk about Dell and Dill and the predictability of a pre-fight punch-up. Hold me back! Hold me back! Oh, let me have him! I'll do him! I'll do him now! You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to episode 46 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Each week we try our very best to bring you as many uh, pieces of fight content uh, to your listening ears. Every Wednesday, we bring you a little bit of a boxing review. And Friday is our boxing preview show. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Go to fightdisciples.com. Simple as that. You'll never miss out on any of the stuff that we bring you. Had a few um, tweets over uh, the weekend regarding your fantastic intro to last Friday's show, Nick. People were into it, yeah. Like, but big into like it. Bruce Obviously, Buffer moments. You were doing a little bit of Buffer. You you were channeling a bit of Jimmy Lennon Jr. Yeah. You were giving it the big in. You were bringing in the Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. They actually watched the fight at the weekend a little disappointed that the main man himself didn't live up to your own expectations. Yeah, exactly. I thought we were going to get a big uh, Manny Pacquiao moment, but, you know. The guy's been doing it a long time. Maybe it's time he stepped up, stepped aside, you know. Have you noticed that he's on Twitter now? No, no, is he? Yeah. Big Mike. Yeah, Big Mike Buffer. Well, I don't know if it, it's the legit one, right? Because Eddie Hearn keeps retweeting this account. Yeah. And it is a Michael Buffer account, kind of, but it's not, like, verified. You'd anticipate that he would be verified. He'd have a blue tick, wouldn't you? The thing with Michael is he's actually, the whole Buffer enterprise is actually run by Bruce Buffer. Yeah, yeah. From the UFC. It's his step, time. His stepbrother. Um, he runs... Their, their diaries and stuff. From what I gather, Michael is literally just the talent. So it wouldn't surprise me if Bruce was running the social media for the, for both of them, as well as his own. He's probably running Michael as well. Bruce oh, knows. But, see, on. Bruce has properly switched on to business, where Michael is just, you know, kissing models and popping bottle, bottles, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got a few compliments on Twitter regarding your introduction of last now, week's show. Maybe, maybe Eddie or Francis Warren should make me an offer, you know? Get in. Get him in there. He can do the uh, master of all ceremonies, a vibe <laughs> at your next fight. Um, Let's get to the fight itself, because we both spoke about it on Friday. We did a full preview of what we anticipated, of what we wanted, of what was needed maybe going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be fair, for a 37-year-old geezer, we got a little bit of a boxing masterclass. We didn't get the knockout that we both wanted. No. Again. In the second, yeah, again, since 2009, he hasn't had one. In the second round, I did get quite excited because Vargas was on his backside, but I think that was more timing rather than power uh, with that particular straight left. Um, and then he just put on a little bit of a school for uh, for the remaining rounds. He did, you know. It's um, we're right, you know. You you're spot on. Thirty seven year old man's putting a performance like that, claiming yet another world title against. You know, to be honest with you, in one way I was impressed with Vargas. I was impressed with his output. I was impressed with the way he took the fight to Manny. Kept coming, didn't he? He did keep coming. But then the flip side of that is he kept coming in straight lines. You know, he was there to be hit down the stretch. He was. He was just a heavy bag. He was just kept on moving into range and letting Manny tee off. And he was looking, obviously, to, to land his own right hand, which he had success with at times during the fight. But there was no imagination there. There was nothing like... They didn't look at the blueprint on how to beat Manny. Mm. 
which other people have used and in the past to beat Manny. Maybe maybe it's because Vargas isn't that type of fighter. Yeah, you know, maybe he's not a mover. He's not. He hasn't got fast enough hands. He hasn't got the, the traits which are needed, which have been shown in the past as a way to beat Manny Pacquiao. Mm. Maybe he just thought. 37-year-old guy, if I catch him on the right night, if I walk him down, like we were saying, like basically I was saying, if Vargas takes it to Manny, you know, puts the pressure on, this is a 37-year-old guy, he won't be able to just keep moving, won't be able to keep punching, eventually he will tire blood. I think Vargas went in with that mentality, I'll just walk him down, eventually age will catch up with him, I'll catch up with him. It just never happened, to be fair, and, and I don't know whether we put... The kudos to Manny Pacquiao with the fact that he looked super fit yeah. as 37 and looked he looked good there was times in there he looked good or do we look at Vargas and go you were so predictable at times you, know, you had to mix it up you had to try and take Manny out of his comfort, comfort zone but he didn't in hindsight was it the perfect opponent yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Absolutely, 100% it was the perfect opponent. The one thing that I was a little bit disappointed with, and I always go to social media after a fight like this to have a little bit of a nosy about what people are saying. I'm always disappointed when um, fight fans kind of poo-poo Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And, they're basing, and they're basing it all on the Floyd Mayweather fight. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Everything comes back to Floyd Mayweather. Well, he didn't turn up on this fight. This is a guy that's an eight-weight world champion. Yeah. All the struggles that this kid has been through from growing up in the streets of the Philippines to getting to where he is right at this moment in time to being the world's only ever eight-weight world champion, that deserves to, to be having conversations about the pound-for-pound pound best ever mm-hmm. rather than, well, he didn't turn up on this one particular night. Yeah. And all right, he might have been out of a shoulder injury. But we're talking about Floyd Mayweather. He's probably the best defensive boxer that I've ever seen in my entire life. Potentially the best defensive boxer of all time. Certainly modern era, but, you know, it's... Um you're right to define Manny Pacquiao by Floyd because Mayweather of one fight. performance yeah. is ridiculous because at the end of the day, every fighter has, has that opponent. Everyone, every fighter out there has an opponent that they just can't get past, you know? Um, like we, we Roy Jones, to... like Antonio Tarver. Yeah, Roy yeah, Jones yeah. wouldn't have beat Antonio. He beats anyone in the world, but Antonio Tarver, for some reason, just had his number. And sometimes it happens. And I think, to be honest, because of Mayweather's background, living on uh, hyper, you know, big punching, Huge work rate, Mexicans. That that was that was that was his bread and butter. So when Manny Manny was made for Mayweather, and I think yeah. he's still made for him. It's just disappointing for Manny that he's in his era that defining fight, if you like. Ridiculous. How can we talk about a defining fight for an eight-weight world champion? Surely his legacy is secured. Yeah, yeah. Surely he's pound for pound one of the greatest of all time. That should be assured. But unfortunately. Because his, his era clashes with another pound-for-pound pound great of all time. And that guy just seems to have his number. It seems like Manny's forever going to be in Mayweather's shadow now. Which is the proof now that he's even to come back at 37. He's made over a billion dollars, we were talking about last week. And yet he's coming back to fight again. Purely because he's still in Mayweather's shadow. And he wants to get out of Mayweather's shadow. Well, with that then, because the rumour was that it was Manny that invited Mayweather. Mayweather yeah. was ringside, if you haven't seen this. He was ring, ringside. He never goes to no, any of fights other than it's a Mayweather promotion. Exactly. He just doesn't go to him. No. So he rocks up with his big security guards. He watches the fight. He gives him the thumbs up at the end and all this type of stuff. Yeah. The rumour is that Manny invited him to the fight. Are you surprised that he then didn't mention him in the post-match? We, we, we've obviously spoken many occasions about calling people out. It's not Manny's style. We know that. Mm-hmm. But that's the fight he wants. He yeah. wants the wrong. He wants to right that wrong, let's say. Um why not mention him? Why not say Floyd? Let's do this. I think I think the reason he didn't, and he, you know, uh, Max Kellerman is it? He was yeah, trying yeah. to get it out of him and stuff. The re, the reason that's what we wanted to hear. That's what we wanted Manny to say. Obviously, that's what it was teed up for. And it was quite shrewd that he didn't, because to me, that's kind of it. May, it would have made me think of Oliver Twist. 
with his little baby bowl. Please, sir, some Please, more. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> and, and suddenly you're giving all the power back to Floyd Mayweather then, because he's like, yeah, I turned up with me free ringside seat. I give Manny a thumbs up. He gets the Caesar's approval, you know, one of them yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, You've got yeah. my approval. Now mention my name and watch the money rain back in. I don't know whether there's an element of that, and Manny's kind of a bit more shrewd, gone, you know what? I'll let you mention my name first before I mention, you know what I mean? So, yeah, fair play. I, for me, I think... We'll come on to it now, I'm sure. I think there's a next step for Manny Pacquiao. There's another opponent early in the new year that he needs to... That's not Floyd. That's not Floyd. That he needs to win convincingly against a different type of opponent. And I think that then tees up a summer blockbuster with Floyd and you invite Floyd ringside again and you should put in another big performance okay. again. I think that's kind of the way it's got to go. It amazes me as well, the amount of journalists, um, Twitter bloggers that are talking about it being a surprise that Floyd's coming back. Listen, man, he's coming back, yeah? yeah, yeah. As we mentioned last week, he's registered TBE 50, TMT 50. Yeah. He's obviously 49 and all at the moment. He's coming back for number 50. It's just who it's going to be against and who which one generates the most amount of money. So it's not it's not a surprise. No. It's going to happen. The surprise might be when. The surprise might be who. That's it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to see um, Pack Floyd Part 2? Right now, no. No, in, not at all. I've got no... No interest in it. in it. No interest in it. To be honest with you, and people are probably going to hate me for saying this, but just for pure, if we're going to put a freak show circus fight on, fuck it, man, put him in with Conor McGregor. Like, let's just see that. Let's just see him obliterate Conor McGregor. And you know, we're we're both you. The half yeah, of yeah, our yeah. show is UFC output. We, we're huge UFC fans and Conor McGregor fans. That's not a fight. It's 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 a far less of a fight than Manny Pacquiao, but. For pure entertainment value, it's it's and it's, money and it's, money. It's bonkers and it's freak show. And we talked about it last week. The only reason Floyd comes back for fight number fifty, and he will, is because he's going to make more money than fight number forty nine. He isn't going to come back and make half the money he made when he yeah, fought Manny no for forty nine. There's no way he doesn't need the money. He's trying to make what Floyd's trying to do is he likes money. We know that that's evidence. But he's trying to create a legacy that no one will ever come close to. So he's already got massive pay per view, ma- massive gross, more, more. You know, he was leader of the lead, planet's lead sports. You know, sportsman earnings. Yeah, yeah. He dominated highest for years. Athlete, highest earning athlete. That's the one I'm trying to say. <laughs> he dominated that for years, didn't he? Completely dominated it because he's his promoter as well. So this is probably the first year he won't be at the top of that list. He won't even be on that list. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he probably will be on that list. Still, yeah, yeah. yeah for endorsements, but he won't be top of it. So all right then. Let's that, all, that all goes on in Floyd's mind, I think. And he, he wants to come back. He wants to be top of it. He wants to be the kid again, the number one. But the opponent is so important and the opponent's got to be the one that makes the most money. And right now for me, out of every boxer on the planet... Manny Pacquiao isn't the one he makes the most money with. It's probably Flo- it's probably Conor McGregor. If Conor wins this weekend, it's probably Conor McGregor. As weird as that sounds, because it's not even a, a proper fight. Mm. We don't want a guy who's never had a boxing match, a professional boxing match, fighting the the greatest of this era. It's weird, but that makes more money, and that's all Floyd's interested in. Now, for those that um, do not maybe listen to our UFC show, we've spoke about this on our UFC show. It's available 6 a.m. every Thursday morning for subscribers. Make sure you subscribe to it. Um, Conor McGregor is fighting UFC 205 this weekend. We're going to get to this on that show, so we're not going to dwell on it too much. Um, and he is going to be making an announcement off the back of that. Now, yep. we're led to believe that it will not be retirement, which we spoke about last week. We're led to believe that it's nothing to do with pregnancy of his missus. It's to do with fighting that what you're talking about. That's what it could be. It could, could be. be. We're could going be. to have this freak show against uh, could be. Floyd Mayweather. It could be that. Yeah. But I think Manny... See, the, the, the weird thing is, proper people who follow... 
people who are engrossed in boxing, boxing purists. You know, uh, I know, I know Matt Christie, the editor of, of Boxing News, who we had on the show last week. Yeah, Matt, somewhat reluctantly, early in the year, he did a cover of Mayweather and Conor McGregor, and the base the comment was basically, "What the hell is this? You know, is this what kind of fight sports has come to?" Yes, it has. Unfortunately, that is the biggest fight out yeah, there. Yeah. It's it's sports entertainment at the end of the day. But I know Matt and all the boxing purists out there, even myself, I, I, in my brain, I'm a bit like, what the hell is that? Yeah, That's weird. not a real fight. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's not even entertaining. You know, Floyd's going to wipe the floor with him. But in the world of sports entertainment, it's the biggest fight out there. Now, the only way that gets gazumped is, obviously, Conor doesn't make himself available. Or, or Listen, the contract, if you think it was difficult making Pacquiao versus Mayweather one, the difficulty in making Connor versus Mayweather is going to be obscene because Connor's tied to the UFC. So that's a whole other world of TV contracts and personal contracts and all this kind of stuff. So let's not even get go there. Before that even happens, Manny Pacquiao could have another fight in January, February or whatever, early in New Year. Who? Who? Come on, let's do so, it. So, okay. Yeah, I'd like, there's many options and many weight levels as well that he could is. be fighting out. So where, where do you want him to go? Where do you think he's going to go? I would love him. He's Listen, he's the best welterweight on the planet right now. I'm telling you. He, he, over he, over um, Kell Brook? I, I put him at the top at the moment, yeah. He's, he's certainly the biggest dollar sign out there, but I put him, I put him above Kell Brook. Okay. Put him above Sean Porter, Keith Furman, Danny Garcia. Amir? Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's the number one for me, like, definitely. I'd love to see him go down to super lightweight. I think that's... You want him in with Terence Crawford then, don't you? I think 140 against Terence Crawford would be a great fight. Absolutely brilliant fight. Terence Crawford, for me, the number one light welter on the planet. Uh, I think that would make sense. I think he said he can make one three five. Are you thinking Lomachenko? Well, from a personal point of view, <laughs> yeah, you are. I would love, love to guy, see the you? Lomachenko fight. Lomachenko, best fight on the planet for me. I would love to see that fight. I that's too much of a risk against the reward fight for Manny. I think Lomachenko beats Manny Pacquiao, and I think that ruins the Mayweather rematch. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Tennis Crawford's a really difficult fight, but I think Tennis Crawford, people realise that he's the best light welter on the planet right now, super lightweight, whatever. Um, and I think Manny beating him, that's a big, like, wow, okay, Manny has still got it. The yeah. Floyd fight is real. From a British fight fan perspective, would I like to see him fight Amir Khan? Yes, I'd like to see Amir Khan. Again, completely different opponents from the guy at the weekend. You know, fast stands, fast feet, knows Manny well, sparred with him a lot. Mm. A little bit of inside needle there as well. I think that fight does make sense. I'd be gutted for Kel. I can't see Kel Brook getting a fight. Kel I Brook, can't see him getting Kel Manny Pacquiao. Get no. Um, well, well, that then leaves us. What does happen with Kel Brook? Because it's, he's, he's making noises that he wants to go to 147. He's making noises. He says he wants uh, Manny Pacquiao. I personally can't see that particularly happening. No. Like you've just said, Terence Crawford would probably be the option at 140 pounds because Manny's made noises about that already. Yeah. Um, so does that then line us up for Kel Brook, Amir Khan, eventually? Well, you'd like to think so. But then this happened last time. It was kind of getting talked about that. Well, I don't, they, make, here, they make money. It makes money. It does, but Amir... Is there a bit of ego Amir, about this? No, but Amir is in, is in the mix. You know, he's not right there, but he's in the mix. He's in a conversation for me with Floyd, with Manny. Like, that's an Amir conversation. Amir's involved in that conversation. Let me stop you Kel there. Kel Brook's a level below that well, conversation. Well, let me stop you there, right? Oh, the people who follow us on social media, at Fight Disciples, go to them. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. But a lot of conversations that me and you have with people on our uh, Twitter feed, don't see it like that. Mm. And they see it the other way around. They see that Kel Brook, because he is world champion, he's the person that is in that mix, yeah. not Amir Khan. I agree with you. I yeah, totally yeah. agree. 
But why are you saying that? Why are you saying that Amir Khan's in the mix, in the conversations with the Floyds, with the Manny Pacquiao's, and Kel Brook is not? Because Kel Brook is just the guy that got obliterated by Triple G to American fight fans. That's all he is. Doesn't matter what belt he's And got. whether we like it or not, America it's makes the, the world is. go round. That's exactly. it. Exactly. We might think one thing here in the UK, but it's irrelevant, really. Completely. The it American is audience irrelevant. is where it is at. Exactly, because that's where the pay-per-view money is and that's where the big TV screens are. And, you know, That's where the big deals are, Showtime, HBO, everything else. That's where the real money is in this sport. And to be making that kind of money, you've got to be... You've got to be ex- an existence over there. You've got to have experience of fighting a lot over there. You've got to have fought big guys, been on big bills, been on pay-per-view events. Ami has done all that. Whether you love him or hate him, Ami Khan is an American pay-per-view. He's a pay-per-view star in America. Mm. He's fought over there a lot. He's built his career I don't think. I don't think a lot of fans, and I don't want to be patronising, but I don't think a lot of British fight fans understand that, of what he's doing in America. They just see him, oh, he's not on Sky Sports. Well, we watch Kel Brook on Sky Sports here, and Kel, don't get me wrong, Kel is an outstanding world champion. Absolutely. Yeah. Outstanding. Fantastic. But we're spoiled with him over here. It's kind of like Anthony Joshua. Like, we're getting so excited about Anthony Joshua, and we're like, Anthony Joshua, potentially the best heavyweight on the planet. The way, you know, the world is his oyster. He's only just starting out. And what could he, where could he end up? Where, how, what could he achieve? I'll tell you how he gets bigger. He doesn't fight here no more. He starts fighting in Las Vegas. Like Lennox York. did. That's what he does. You've like what Lennox to. did, yeah. You've got to do it and you've got to go on the road. You've got to go and crack America. Same as music industry. He said if it's always it's the always thing here, isn't it? Coldplay, biggest band in the world. Not until he cracked America. Yeah. Oasis, you never Same. cracked America. You yeah, know, yeah. we can get all like super excited about them, but until you actually crack America, you haven't actually made it. Anthony Joshua hasn't made it. Deontay Wilder, even though he can't sell a ticket, is a bigger star than Anthony Joshua in America. That's just a fact. Klitschko, bigger star, even though he never fights over there. Yeah. No, Anthony Joshua's not even... He's trying, though. He's got his short-time deal, hasn't he? It's, exactly. He's working. So that's what I mean. So it's it's all in progress. Yeah, yeah. No, this Anthony Joshua fight in December could potentially be the last time we see Anthony Joshua fight in the UK for a long time. You know, the Klitschko fight for me probably happens in the US because they're both going to come to it equally. They're both going to argue they want home soil. And in the end, it's going to go to the highest bidder. And if he's just got a showtime deal, it makes perfect sense to it to happen in Vegas mm. or New York. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if it went. But just coming back to Kel Brook, this is the problem that Kel's got. And it's, we've been talking about this about Kel all year. He has to travel. He needs a breakthrough opponent to actually break through. The Triple G thing. That but was, by doing that, he has to travel because they're course. not going to come here. No, are they? He help? has to go over there. Exactly. He has to go and take Danny Garcia on in Vegas. That's exactly. what he's got to go and That's do. That's exactly what he's going to do. He's got to beat Danny Garcia. He's got to try and, you know, he's got to beat someone of that ilk. And there's guys out there, you know, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman. These are the guys he's just going to go, right, you know what? I'll take 40%. You take 60%. I'm Even though to I'm America. the champion, I'm doesn't matter. Beat, I'm going to beat you there. And then I'm in. Then I'm in the mix. Then, then suddenly it's like, wow, this Kel Buck's great. Why doesn't Amir can't fight him? That's in the I think Amir looked like the way it was going. Pacquiao had gone. Mayweather had gone. Uh, Kel had just broke Triple G for Triple G. So the world was like, wow, who's this Kel Brook guy for Triple G? Oh, he jumped up two weights to fight him. Well, that's brave. Suddenly Amir then was like, yeah, the fight, with, and we're going to start negotiations. The fight with Kel is going to happen. It's going to happen. We were all like, wow, that's Wembley. That's a big show. Great. It's going to be amazing. And then as soon as Pacquiao was like, I'm coming back, and Mayweather's like having a little look around, suddenly Amir doesn't want to know Kel Brook yeah. anymore, but I get it, it's business. Ex-girlfriend situation is what that is, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's back, all right, she's back from her travels. Yeah. I might be back in here. See you later, boys. <laughs> so unfortunately, I just don't think Kel is going to get that opportunity because Manny ain't going to... So you reckon it's going to be Terence Crawford for Manny? I think Manny moving back down to 140 and fighting Terence Crawford's the big one. Okay. That, that's the key to Mayweather. So what does Kel get then? So Kel has got to travel. 
He's got to travel. So we know uh, in March it's going to be Garcia versus Thurman. Yeah. Um, that then, what's that take us down to? That takes us to July. He's out the ring then for nearly a year, isn't he? Yeah, he's he Kel is. Brooks, so he's got to fight somebody in the in the meantime. He's got to start at the start of next year. He's got to fight somebody. You'd have, hopefully somebody of a name at 147 pounds, and then what? Aim for the winner of that fight to unify the division. Yeah, unfortunately as well, the rest of the guys who are right up there, your Sean Porters and your and your Timothy Bradleys, these are the guys that are obviously bigger names than bigger names than Kel. But these are guys that are both coming off. Losses. Yeah, yeah. You know, Timothy Bradley to Pacquiao. Timothy Bradley is a tough fight, man, for anyone around that weight division. But that's Kelf travelling to fight him. Does that unlock something? Of course it does. I think it probably does. You know, that probably does unlock it. So, you know, I think that would be a fight. I think uh, Sean Porter's obviously a fight. Um, yeah, I think that's what Kel's got to do. He's got to do it. And th- neither of those guys are coming to the UK anytime soon even though they're both coming off defeated losses. But then, do you even want them to come to the UK? I think Kel needs to be thinking, you know what, I need to go to the US. I need to go and beat someone, Sean Porter or mm. someone like I need to go and beat them, Timothy Bradley, in the US. That's so important. Even if he's got to bite the bullet a little bit and go as chief support on a bigger, you know, on someone else's pay-per-view card. He's got to do that now. He's got to, he's got to push, the, he's got to be, put his name in the mix and he ain't going to get in the mix unless he beats someone of that ilk. That's the problem he's got. He's had the same problem all year, Adam. Fighting Triple G was a great move. It put his name right up there. He jumped two weight divisions. Full respect. He went for it. But at the end of the day, he got obliterated. You know what I mean? He got beat up. So he's now got to prove the guy who jumped up to middleweight to fight Triple G that no one else wanted to fight. All respect in the world. Check this guy out. He's actually the best welterweight on the planet. Come on, what you know what I mean? He's got to go and beat Timothy. Make Bradley. that opportunity set up exactly. Put a big performance in against Timothy Bradley, so people go, "Wow, okay, we, you're never a middleweight, but me, you're the best welterweight on the planet." Get this guy in the mix, rather than defending again in Sheffield against some Google fighter, and we all go like, "Oh, poor Kel, waiting at the back of the table again, waiting for Amir Khan mm. to throw him some scraps." You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on all social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fight Disciples. Get in there, go and have a bit of a nosy, and come and be a part of this uh, community that is growing day by day by day. Thank you so much. If you're already a part of it, you make us laugh, even if you're slagging us off. Some people do, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what was that guy at the weekend? He he commented on previous shows, said, oh, I didn't like X, Y, and Z. Basically said it was shit. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm back in the game now, boys, because I like what you were doing at the weekend. They've dipped back in. So, Good on them. So welcome back, my yeah, friend. Exactly, welcome yeah. back. <clears throat> At the end of the day, you don't have to love every show. I'm sure we've got people that it subscribe to us and don't like UFC well, or don't like yeah. pro boxing or whatever and let them pick and choose, man. We're just all free and, content. And what we we try our very best to be legit. When you're when you're in the boozer with your with your mates, you've got your favourite fighters. That's yeah, as simple yeah. as that. You've got your favourite fighters, you will be more biased towards certain fighters. Now, even though me and him have worked in this business for a period of time and we're supposed to be on the fence and impartial. Sack it. This is not why we started this. We we have our favourite fighters, so therefore we're going to be biased towards certain guys. Yeah. 
but we want you to come and join that conversation to balance that argument out. So we, we welcome it. If, if you think, for example, we think Pricey at one day will be the heavyweight champion of the world, you might think we're fucking deluded, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But that's the beauty of it. Come and join the conversation. And this kind of leads me on nicely to us talking about heavyweights yep. throwing water at each other. Nice. In, I like uh, the way you've done that. It's nice. Uh, it's it? just lovely. Yeah. Uh, the way that they were doing the gloves are off. Seamless. Uh, yeah, seamless. Because I'm not inspired at all by Dillian White, Derek <laughs> Chisora. I'm not at all. The fight itself, I think, will stink the gaff out. I think it's just going to be boring. I hate it. I, I've said, I've been on record saying that the press conferences and everything face to face will be far more entertaining than the fight itself press conference I thought were a little bit tame even though Derek Chisori did make a herpes reference which <laughs> I was you know which pricked my ears up a little bit I'll be honest with you um, but then they go and film the Gloves Are Off show everybody's yeah. in the outtakes of that now Yeah, where it all kicks off they throw water at each other and then it's one of them where you're in the yard schoolmates hold me back hold me back oh, let me at him I'll do him I'll do him now type vibe Yeah, it's boring it happens all the time especially with Derek come on predictable mate it is yeah we want to see something a bit different don't we come on guys we knew that was going to happen and it's going to happen a lot more in the build up to that fight as well unfortunately we better get, get the fence back out get the David Hay fence do you remember that when they put the fence up between yeah, him and Chisora go yeah. and get the fence out again because we Brilliant. need it yeah we do Yeah, do something a bit different but uh, you know it's one of them and it, this, this, you- it is what it is that fight and they've got to try and sell pay-per-views for that event and that's the fight that probably sells it, is it not? Molina, well, it is at the moment. Surely that fight, that card's not done. That card isn't finished. Surely AJ against Molina and Dill versus Dell as the freak show's chief support, surely that's not going to be the, that it. The, the, you know, cock and bollocks of that pay-per-view event. We need a bigger fight. We need at least another two bigger fights. Domestic fights, you know what I mean? And the so, opponent's not been named for Scott Quigg yet. He's definitely fighting, and he's stepping up, by the way. He's stepping up in weight. Right, okay, so he's going to go to featherweight. Yeah, from Super Bantam, he's, de- he's stepping up. We'll get him on the show um, as we build up towards December the 10th, but he is stepping up. Yeah, well, it, which is good. I mean, you know, he needs, a, to be honest, he needs a, a fresh a fresh start, doesn't he, Scott, a little bit? You know, I think, it, he, I think that of- Frampton performance yeah. was a real shot to the body for him, you know, because he was... Whether you whether they say he didn't turn up or or whether he just got you know beaten by a better fighter on a night, however you want to look at it, Scott Quigg needs a fresh start and moving up to featherweight where Frampton's gone anyway. Mm. It sounds like the perfect thing to do. Right now though, it's who you bring in. You know, you bring in someone who's got a world title belt and pay them a load of money and jump them straight back to that level, which he's more than capable of doing, or. You bring in someone where he gets a good win before he moves on to his world title belt. That's the problem Eddie Hearn's got I at the moment. I think it's the latter. If you, if you throw him in a deep end, what, if you, what happens if you throw him in a world title fight and he gets beat? You know, so that's that's the problem they've got now because suddenly he's back to square one. And so, But it's a pay-per-view card with a weak card at the moment. So they've got to bring in someone good for Scott Quigg to get the Scott Quigg fans excited. Because Scott, as we know, Scott sells a boatload of tickets. But guys aren't going to pay to see him fight a domestic level featherweight or you. a fringe featherweight. If they bring a world title belt over, they'll sell a place out because of Scott Quigg. But then that's not what this is. It's a pay-per-view event. They've got to get people at home tuning in. And unfortunately, Scott Quigg against anyone except the world champion doesn't exactly ring my bell as being a pay-per-view. I've got to go out and buy that event if I'm, an, if I'm a, a casual fight fan. Because AJ Molina, that's not a... You know, Dylan Dell, that's not... These aren't pay-per-view events. So somehow that card's got to become pay-per-view. They need bigger names on there. And Scott Quigg could be the one that kind of bears the brunt of it. He could be the one that's in the toughest fight of the night. Mm. 
Um, that's December the 10th. It's happening in Manchester. We will have plenty more build up on that as we get closer. And hopefully we will have quite a lot of the guys that are featured on that card uh, on this show, including Scott Quigg. And fingers crossed if uh, Eddie allows me to speak to him, Anthony Joshua. However, yep. that's probably unlikely because he wraps him up in cotton wool and keeps him away from the likes of us because we ask him proper questions rather than massage his <laughs> ego and wank him off a little bit. <laughs> when are you going to fight Pricey? Come What's on! What's man? <laughs> he come up this week, didn't he, AJ? And, and he, he mentioned the fact that... Uh, by the way, do you like White's, AJ? Oh, we yeah. Like oh, God, we yeah. love him to peace. Of course, he's fucking brilliant. Come and have a bit of crack with, man. Come he, and get on here. He's talked about the fact that Dillian White almost got the fight on December the 10th. Yeah, I heard that. It's like, oh, what? You know, because he hit him once in the second round and it looked half decent. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, wait a minute. Why? It, 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 I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It must be weird being a world champion and being able, you know, hands up, fucking handpick your own opponents. It's kind of a weird situation yeah, to yeah. be in. But we get it. The Klitschko gold business. goose it's is business. around the corner. You know, don't, whatever that, whatever that happens, you cannot knock those stabilizers off yet because Klitschko is there. You know what I mean? Let's just make sure Klitschko happens yeah. and it's safe. We get that. But December the 10th, Mr. Hearn, come on, man. You're going to have to step up a little bit. We need more than what we've got at the moment for this uh, for the pay-per-view event. We need more. It needs to be better. Mm. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, just finally, we haven't forgot about Belfast at the weekend. People might yeah. be thinking, oh, you've gone matchroom heavy, you've gone Pacquiao heavy, but what about what was happening on Box Nation at the weekend? Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll chuck it in there. We'll have a little bit of a chat yeah, about... Um, it's a good card. Great um, card. Uh, yeah, exactly. We'll talk about Conlon. We'll talk about Barnes in particular. Yeah. Because everybody grew to love this fella through amateur days, Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games, shooting to fame. He's the next big Irish superstar, this boy. And I think we both would agree with that. Yeah. But what a shame for him at the weekend. His big coming out party in front of his home fans and they were blooming noisy. You, you think to yourself that this kid can sell a ticket. People are going to come and see this boy. Yeah. But then he fights a lad that he's like, just come to spoil, didn't want to engage, just absolutely minged the place out. Yeah. He ends up winning via disqualification. There were wrestling moves in there that were better That's than weird. the WWE. Yeah. I felt for him because he wants to come in and show the fans what he's all about, but he just wasn't allowed to do it, man. No, in, in hindsight, Slavchev was a terrible, terrible opponent. You know, the matchmaker must be absolutely kicking himself because... This is a guy that's come in. Obviously, he is what he is. You know, he's a Russian journeyman. He was brought in to do a job. And his job was, let's be honest, to stand up and have a little go. Um, and you know what? He's not a stranger to these shows as well. He's, he's He comes here a lot. You know, he's, he's fought a lot in the UK. But he just completely and utterly turned up to spoil the party, mm. didn't he? And not in a, a a boxing way. He hasn't come to go, oh, I'm going to beat this guy and make a name for myself. He's just come to be a prick. You know what I mean? And spoil what was supposed to be a great night for Irish, Irish fight fans, fans yeah. who've supported Paddy, Paddy Barnes on his amateur, incredible amateur career. And uh, I just felt for Paddy Barnes a little bit, you know, because you just think, you know, he, he deserved better than that. But on that point, okay, we'd meant Lomachenko. Yeah. Fights in a couple of weeks. You know how I feel about Lomachenko. Anyone who follows boxing knows what he's all about, knows what his record's all about. Touched on AJ, okay, maybe not quite as quick. And the point I'm trying to make is these world-class Olympic-level amateur boxers, when they come into the fucking pro game, they don't need to fight a Russian with a 8-25 or 24-1 record or whatever he has, as in in strong two wins. Give him a live opponent straight away, let's get in there. Exactly. 
put him in with someone half decent straight away. Why put him in with some Russian who's absolutely got no business lacing up Paddy Barnes's gloves? Yeah, yeah. Put him in with someone that's at least half decent. Well, look at the Ukrainians are doing it. Lomachenko, exactly. I mean, two weight world champion by before his tenth fight. You've got Yusik uh, in the cruiserweight division. Exactly. Not messing about. World champion by his ninth fight. Just get him in. Get him yeah. in. Get him fighting. At the standard that they're used to find. These guys are exactly. world amateur champions. Get them in there. Exactly. Instead, you put them in with a Russian bin man, a complete and utter journeyman who's got no business being in there. He realises that himself. Paddy Barnes is hitting him with stuff that he can't even see. He's doing things that he's never even experienced. So what does he do? Fight or flight? Well, he tries to run. He tries to upset. He tries to do anything except engage because he knows he's completely being outclassed. I blame the matchmaker. Yeah. Don't put him in with guys of this level. This is fucking Paddy Barnes. He's probably one of the best already. He's one of the best flyweights in the in UK and Ireland. He's already in the top 10. He hasn't even had a pro fight because of his experience, because of what he's done previously. So don't then match him up like someone that's having his fucking pro debut after half a dozen amateur fights. I just don't get it. Mm. I don't get it. And it spoiled the night for me. It was really disappointing. And I know the Russian's been here before and he's put up a decent fight before. But when you're matching him with guys like Brandon Dodd or, you know, a couple of guys that he's been over to to fight previously. These are guys that haven't got Paddy Barnes's experience. These are guys that aren't the those the guys he's been to fight previously are guys that would lose to Paddy Barnes tomorrow. Mm. So don't match Paddy Barnes at that level. And I think it, it come back and it bit them in the arse a little bit. And I love what Francis Warren, the, the guys over there, are all doing. I'm a huge fan of Box Nation. I love watching Box Nation shows, but that it was disappointing. That whole event. They'll learn the lesson it, from that, though. Yeah, I hope so because, and. To be fair, Paddy Barnes and his team should be saying, nah, man, don't, don't fucking match me with some Russian who's only won eight fights in 50. Like, match me with someone with a deep... Eight and oh, or something like that. Ten and oh, something like that, yeah. Four and oh, or six and two. Stick it in. Stick it in with someone that people have actually seen before. Put me in with him, because that's how good I am. Mm. Look at Lomachenko. Paddy Barnes, you know, it's not like he's a 21-year-old kid either. Mm. It was 30 next birthday. What are you doing? Mm. Why send him back to square one? Fucking put him in in the middle. He should have a British title fight in his third or fourth fight, in my opinion. He should be at that level straight away. Before we move on to Conlon, who was also on that yes. night. Yes. Um, and our boy Derry, because they're pals. Yeah. And uh, you've got some news on Derry, which will be great for this. I would just like to congratulate uh, Paddy Barnes, uh, because he has also, see what I'm doing this? He's also had a baby girl uh, recently. Uh, and he uh, has posted on his social media that he was getting an opportunity after the fight to feed her for the first time. I say also because we have a new fight disciple. We do, yes, exactly. My little girl was born on Friday evening. Hey! So there you go. We've got a new little fight disciple that has joined Fantastic. the crew. It's over. The the, uh, the pregnancy the, and all that type of stuff is over. Uh, we are we are fully in there now. Um, it is very different, as I'm sure you agree, my friend, yeah. being a dad to a son than it is being a dad to a little girl. Exactly. It is a bloody nightmare. <laughs> I've already put the gate on. You she's said not, this with what? Three days She's experience. not going anywhere, mate. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> she's not, she's locked in the house now. That's it. Rapunzel yeah. style in the tower. Till she's 25, yeah. Gone. 30, mate. Yeah. 30. <laughs> she ain't going anywhere. So there you go. Thank you very much uh, if you've tweeted me regarding that. Apologies I haven't responded because I've been knee-deep in shitty nappies. Yeah. <laughs> All right? Thank you very much. Love it. Uh, now, quick one. Um, before we finish today's show... Wait, uh, wait, wait. Let's talk about Conlon. Yeah. I, I want to just mention the fact that I thought... Uh, Jamie Conlon, obviously, brother of Michael. Yeah. Uh, Michael makes his pro debut next year. Obviously, everyone remembers him from the Olympic Games. Yeah. Flipping the bird to the judges after he was absolutely, completely Love robbed. Uh, his brother Jamie, if you didn't know already, is himself an outstanding 
uh, prospect, and uh, I thought he looked great at the weekend. He was for me was the, that was the main event really over in uh, over in Belfast. What I really liked is the fact that Danny Vaughan and Georgie Vaughan they're so engrossed now. These are uh, trainers who Liverpool I've boys, known, yeah. yeah, Liverpool boys who I've known my entire career. Uh, Georgie Bourne, my goodness, he's forgot more about boxing than most trainers will ever know. Uh, but I love the fact that Danny's really broke through as the as the number one coach now, and Georgie's kind of assisting him. And it was just a huge night for them. So I just want to make a little note to uh, to Danny and uh, and George and just say congratulations to those guys because they've got a ton of those MGM boxers now. They're looking after out of Marbella, obviously Derry and everything else. And yeah, they're, yeah. Make, they're really making big things happen with MGM, and uh, it's an exciting time for them all. And on Derry Matthews, obviously yes. a pal of the show. Go on. Yes, Derry has uh, has confirmed that he uh, that he isn't retiring. That he's, he feels like he's still got plenty more to offer the sport. Fantastic. We couldn't be happier. Sells a ticket in Liverpool. Of course, we love it. We love of a big show. And you know, the thing, and Derry's touched on it himself. You know, Derry. Could Derry could uh, sell out the Echo Arena, you know, every other month fighting fighting bums, but that's not what he's all about. He wants to compete at the highest level. He accepted he got beat by the best Luke Campbell we've seen in the pro ranks. I Absolutely. think I think Luke Campbell would admit to that as well. Certainly no shame in it. I love the fact now, if you look on social media, they're like best friends, them two. Yeah, yeah. They're like constantly like having a little... <laughs> having a joke yeah, about breaking my ribs. Tapping each other <laughs> on the back and stuff like that, yeah. So uh, there he is continuing to fight. I can confirm... He won't be fighting that twerp from Coronation Street who he's behind some serious banter days. with. Oh, what's that all about on Twitter? Christ almighty, lad, get back in your box. I hate all I hate it when them well, I don't watch soaps, but I hate it when soap stars cross over on and the try and get banter going and stuff. It just really pisses me off. But anyway, Daddy won't be fighting him. But he is going to fight on in 2017, and when the and the great thing is now when it'll be the right opportunity. When the right opportunity comes, I'm sure Daddy will take it, and uh, we wish him well. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our show. It is available for you on all different formats, iTunes and Audio Boom. Just go to fightdisciples.com. Fightdisciples.com, hit the button there and you will never miss any of our weekly content. Join the conversation on a daily basis by going to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Fight Disciples. Remember, this Friday, we have a special preview show of that big one in Monte Carlo. Uh, Swifty hopefully will become the WBA uh, world champion as he takes on Jason Souza, but it's also a big night. Uh, for Martin Murray, um, who not only, obviously, is um, fighting, in his own words, for his career, he's also managing uh, the new Jackson 5. Yeah. <laughs> so if you check the Instagram and go through it and you check some of the things in, <laughs> you just make some songs of fun, but she's got proper soul, you can hear it in the voice. <laughs> so there you go. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss any of our daily content. Until next time, see you later. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.